two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Hughes Ace. Children's books. Why, what, and how? I am so smart. I am so smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-T. I am so Why smart. Why are you so smart? I'm so smart because the Caldecott winners were renounced. And the book I thought would win did win. Which only happens once in a very rare, <laughs> rare, 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 rare. I mean, we've been doing this for almost four years. This I'm is, getting better. This is I'm getting time. better. This, I mean, I got an honor last year, but... This year we got the I get, we got the actual winner in the room with us, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. Well done. However, uh, there were four honors, and you know none of them we talked about. One of them I almost did instead of my best friend, and now I'm kicking myself because that clearly would have been the smarter way to go. And one of the winners, and then one of the authors of one of the other winning honor books. Uh, those two women live in Evanston. Oh, so it was an Evanston sweep. Cool. I know. We should have uh, we should have one of them on sometime. I'm okay. on the show. I'm just saying. Cool. It would make a lot of sense. Those uh, women, in case people are wondering, are Cosby A. Cabrera and Zeta Elliott. So, right on. So, how's things with you? Oh, good. You know, it snowed a lot. Mm-hmm. Had to do a lot of shoveling. Mm-hmm. Had to get past the blood and the fur in the snow. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know, I just, I was typical winter thing yeah you know i was working and then all of a sudden i looked out my window and i saw this thing jetting back and forth it was a bunny trying to get underneath the fence sure. but it couldn't because of all the snow that had a- piled up and then a black cat out of nowhere bam comes out <laughs> was the bunny white or black brown so that was the bunny's fault everybody knows bunny's supposed to turn white in snow that's what? how bunnies that's how they camouflage themselves in winter months. This bunny, white, yeah, like the winter, like the hares. You know the winter, you know the hair, the Arctic hares, and they turn, they're brown during the year, and then they turn white when it's winter. That's a smart bunny. That's oh. a bunny that lives. That's not a bunny that a house cat catches. Yeah, a black house, a cat. black house cat. Pretty obvious. Where did where did it put said bunny? Under my shed. Yay! <laughs> Fun for you in the spring. Mm-mm, so many good. smells. Yeah. <laughs> you have so many smells. But until the lovely smells, uh, who who are you and what is what? What's here? What's this? What's this? What's I me? am Betsy and you are no. Kate. Mm. And together we are sort of great. <laughs> it's only 50% wrong. <laughs> I am Betsy and you are Kate. Oh. We are actually very great. Oh, okay. uh, yes, this is Susan and Kate. And what are we talking about? Kids books. Yep, picture books in particular. And whether or not they should be classics or not. Today's book. I'm kind of happy with today's, today's book because today's book um, is sort of... It's sort of, I would, I would argue, and people are going to argue against this, but I would argue that today's book sparked a trend of behavioral picture books. That when this book came out, it was about, uh, it was about emotions and feelings in a way that 
Sorry, Aliki. Other people hadn't really done before, um, and so became a beloved book of counselors and teachers everywhere until oh, the day we no. all die. Could be good or could be bad. You don't know. You don't even know the title. Shall I show it to you? Okay. When Sophie gets angry, really, really angry. That's correct. By Molly. Bang! Bang! And I, I can't help but notice it also has a Caldecott Honor sticker and a Charlotte Zolotow uh, award. Because, you know, why not do a twofer? Why not, buddy? All right. You ready for Sophie? Are you ready for Sophie? I don't know. Is Sophie going to be really, really angry? Yeah, she's going to be freaking pissed off. Oh, okay. So have some pissed off, Sophie. Okay. Woohoo! While Kate does her read, I discovered that Molly Bang's got one heck of a good website when it comes to when Sophie gets angry, really, really angry. I highly recommend that you check it out sometime. I'll put the link in the old show notes there. And one thing I like about it is that she put does a full explanation, much longer than what I'm going to read here, about where this book came from. So this is sort of a, uh, an abbreviated version, shall we say. This is what she says about the creation of this book. I don't remember what the impetus was to Sophie, but I do remember I wrote many, many versions of it over several years. The editor at Blue Sky Press, Bonnie Verberg, liked the idea a lot, especially as she had a two-year-old at the time, but we revised the text again and again and again, up until the book was printed. Once I began doing the pictures, I also began to look in the library and bookstores for similar books, and there just did not seem to be any books about a little girl who gets angry and deals with it in a helpful way. There was Mean Soup by Betsy Everett, which was delightful, about a girl whose mom helps her blow her mean feelings into a delicious soup they make together. There was Bootsy Barker Bites by Barbara Botner, which was more about dealing with fear... Uh, there was Alexander's Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day by Judith Bjors. Also a great story about how some days are indeed pretty horrible. And of course, Where the Wild Things Are by Maurice Sendak is about a boy who is being sent to his room for being wild and deals with his anger by playing with imaginary monsters. But there were no books specifically about a girl who gets angry and knows how to calm herself down. I expect this is why the book has become so popular. We daughters and parents and siblings need it. When I began the book, I made the child in the story look like my daughter, who is now an adult. But when I showed her the beginning picture, she said, Mom, as I remember, I wasn't the only one in our family who got angry. Hmm. So instead, I made Sophie look like I looked like as a child. And I had her do what I did when I got mad. And we're back. I'm angry. Very angry? No, not really. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> you took much longer than I anticipated. I was like, man, she's going to be like in here in three seconds. And you were not. Nah. There's not a lot of text, so I'm, I'm, I'm interested in what took your time. Um, Typing, I guess. Oh, okay, typing, yeah, with your <laughs> thumbs. Yes. Um, I will say some things I'm, I wouldn't say angry I just hate them. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Sure. Uh, number one, the art. It's not your style. I will say that right now. Uh, and I will, however, I'm going to counter you right at the start with a quote on the art from the author illustrator herself. 
I made the pictures of gouache, which is a thick mud-like paint and which feels nice and gucky when painted thickly. It is very satisfying to paint exuberant feelings with gouache. I began the book with bright pinks and purples and chartreuse turning to reds and oranges when Sophie got angry, then turning to browns, then blues and greens as she calms down, and then using the full palette when she returns home whole again. It was interesting to notice how angry I felt while I was making the angry pictures and how much calmer I felt when I was painting with the blues and the greens. It's definitely sensory overload. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of colors. Even when it's supposed to be calm. But... I'm trying to now think, what did we do? Le- we did um, we did a old paperback book last week. So this is maybe as far in the other direction from, oh, that, yeah. from that colorless void. But I don't get <laughs> how this got an honor at all. Interesting. I I disagree with the committee oh, really? that presented I this. I see. Well, we'll take it up with. I want to see what else came out this year, and uh, I could look it up. Let me see what came out that year. What year did this come out? This came out in 1999. Okay, good news. You haven't heard of a single one of the other books uh, that came out that year. Wait, 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 wait. We did do Joseph Had a Little Overcoat, right? No, we did. There was an old lady who swallowed a fly. That illustrator won for a different book. So no. Now, the the previous year had had No David, which may be... A brother to this book in some ways. Yeah. Well, yeah. I hate the font. I hate the art. I hate that I got an honor. I just, I don't like it. Oh, I disagree with you. But all right, moving on. But I do like how chill this cat goes. Oh my gosh. That From cat. the very beginning, the cat is. So uh, what's the plot though? Tell me, tell me the plot. Here, oh, cause... so there is this girl named Sophie. She's got a sister who wants to play with a toy gorilla mm-hmm. and uh, yanks the gorilla from Sophie Meanwhile, the cat is like, what's going on here? I'm curious. <laughs> pip, pip. And, uh, and they start, you know, tearing this monkey back and forth. They are like, no, I want it. And the sister's like, I want it. And the mother says, Sophie, it's, it's now your sister's turn to play with it. And uh, the cat, meanwhile, is laid down, is getting quite comfortable it's for this purple. scene. It's got, the, it's got a purple, which indicates it's super chill. Yeah. Oh, it, it loves drama. It sees this all the time. It feeds yeah. off of drama. It must have. It and must have. By the way, I should say there is a school of thought now with parenting um, that this is how some parents in ha- teach their children to share. There is now a, a pushback against this saying, no, actually, sharing is not always like, yes, there is such a thing as sharing, but not like this. This is not a good way to teach sharing because now you've just taught the child to never want to share ever. Under any circumstances. Well, as her sister snatches the uh, toy gorilla, Sophie falls over a truck. I'm with Sophie on this one. And then gets very angry because she presumably hurt herself. Yeah. Well, Um, not even that. It's just the sheer injustice of the whole thing. Right. Meanwhile, I'm all about this cat who's (laughs) like, I am very intrigued by what's going on. So she starts kicking, screaming. And uh, and she does like this exorcist oh, thing. That is my favorite picture of her because if you've ever seen a child scream, her that is jaw an accurate, unhinges. Yeah, it's like a snake. Her her neck just kind of <laughs> extends. It almost out. becomes underground comics art. Like there's a there's a hint, a hint, a, a tincture of the Robert Crumb about it. I just I just like it very much. So she's screaming her head off. And, uh, and it says she's ready to explode, and when she gets really, really angry, she runs. 
Now, running is definitely a way to release anger. Absolutely. Um, she keeps running until she can't run anymore, and then she starts crying, which is where I, that, that's what yeah, I do. Fortunately, <laughs> you and I have the same evolution. Like, apparently evolution looked at us and be like, oh, you're angry. I think the best way to deal with that is to have tears come out of your eyes, <laughs> and that will make the thing you're angry at stop i don't what what you feel sorry is, for you yeah like whatever yeah. is making you angry will stop and if be you like look, oh yeah if you're if you look vulnerable then maybe the thing uh, if you ran into a tree and you were angry at the tree now the tree would be like they're there they're <laughs> there well yeah, like what use is this so she starts running and then she starts crying yeah well i think that's a better but I am digging this one-eyed mouse. One-eyed mouse. That looks like the mouse from Good Night Moon. What? Remember there's a mouse and there's like the kittens and then there's like this one mouse and the mouse is clearly doomed because no kitten is going to leave that alive. But Well, I'm sure it's also looking at profile, but I would like to think it's just a one-eyed mouse. Could well be. You never be know. a one-eyed mouse. So she's now like walking around. She sees it says she sees the rocks, the trees, the ferns, and she hears a bird. But it looks like there's this giant amoeba that's coming to get her. <laughs> it's like sneaking up on her. And what, it's the going... boy on the on the opposite page. No, this yeah giant... that thing right yeah. I, I'm sure it's a rock, but that's probably a lot rock with moss on it. Right? I want yeah. to sneak up on like... her and eat her. Also, it has a purple outline, which means that it's super chill. <laughs> Right, it's a very chill amoeba. It's a chill amoeba. That's going a chill to eat her. chill amoeba. There is a children's book I mean, if it amoeba. ate her, this story would be so much different and more a, interesting. I'm not sure what the moral of that would be. Don't get angry, kids, or amoebas will eat you in the woods. Yeah, pretty much. I'm not sure if that's... All right. And then we get to the point where she sees this old beech tree and she climbs it. And this is where my eyes start bugging out of my head because I'm like, this is too much. What? There's, it's too much. It's too many patterns. Too many colors. Really, like, it gives me a headache. Real this? Oh, that page. Oh, I love that page. It doesn't calm that. me at all. Interesting. It does the exact you don't, like the, you don't like the leaves. The leaves are throwing you off. It's the pattern, the colors, the. It, it's just, huh. and then she gets to the water and she's looking out over the water and it's. I'm not. So you are not calm. No. Seeing this image. No, this, this does not calm you. No, it like stresses me out. Fascinating. <laughs> And she has man hands. So then she gets ah. off of the tree. You try climbing a tree. And she is calm now. She gets down from the tree. She gets home. And my favorite line is, the house is warm and smells good. Everyone is glad she's home. Yeah. Everyone's glad except for her sister. Who well, there could, is a wary look on her who face. Who could care less. I don't know. I think she's like worried her sister's going to like blow up again. She's like... Also, she's just started a puzzle and maybe she's half like worried that her sister's going to come over and like just tear it to pieces out of revenge or something. The father is reading a... It's like the size of a newspaper, but it's about seeds. Dude, I was doing that just today. I literally... Except mine was more like a really, really, really thick magazine. Like, you know, like a Land's End catalog, but of just seeds. I did that today, and it was Look so good. Look at you good. adulting. It was so good. <laughs> I didn't buy any yet, but I'm tempted. But now you've got the cat who's not doesn't have the purple outline anymore. That's true. The cat doesn't have the purple, but it still looks pretty chill with everything. So Well, Meh. yellow seems to be a pretty, like, copacetic color for everything. And it says, everything's back together again. But so they're putting this puzzle together, and it's a puzzle of a ship. And the ship says westward on it. 
So I did like a quick Google search because I was like, what is this? Apparently, MV Westward is an 86-foot motor yacht, arguably Seattle's most famous motor yacht, originally constructed in 1924 by Ted Geary for inventor Campbell Church Sr. and currently owned by Bill Bailey. It is Her home port is Friday Harbor, Washington, and she's listed on the U.S. National Register of Historic Places. Get out of town! Now, this doesn't look to me like Seattle's most famous motor yacht. It looks like a sailboat to me. So why is it called Westward? Well, maybe that's where it's headed. I I don't know. The metaphor. So then the last page is Sophie isn't angry anymore. She's painting a scene of her family. And like in the background, you know, the family, you know, the father's got all these gardening tools. The mother's reading a newspaper and, and her sister's, I don't know, constructing a dinosaur. Yeah. It looks like it looks like she's got like a model that she's working on. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got the cat sleeping underneath the easel of which Sophie is painting her family picture. The cat three seconds from now will look at something on that painting, like canvas and be like, bug and then the if i if that cat's anything like my cats okay my cats cannot stand to have creativity last for long so that's that's it that's the book all right okay so molly bang has a very nice website uh for this i don't know that it's updated that often but i don't think she really has to update it that often and she has a little questions and activities page on her website and she says on that point When I read this book to children, I usually begin by telling them that we all get angry, and we all have ways of dealing with it, and this is a book about a girl who got very, very angry and what she did. Now, after I read the book, I ask three questions. Kate, I am now going to read to you and ask you the three questions. Are you prepared for the three questions, Kate? Okay. These are three questions. They are very, very difficult. Question number one, what makes you really, really angry? Lying and stubbornness. Interesting. Okay. I'm just, I was just, just pondering that for a moment. Sorry, that just distracted me with your answer. Number two, how do you know when you're angry? How does your body feel? It feels hot. True. Does it do anything else? We already talked about the fact that it may erupt into tears, right? Right. Yes. Uh, sometimes I will shake. That's fun. I will get the shakes mm-hmm, if I am mm-hmm. very, very angry. Yep, yep, yep. Know that. And finally, three, what do you do when you get really, really angry? I kill everyone. <laughs> and that's why we always let the Wookiee win. Exactly. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes. Okay. So therefore, you have now past the questions that I'm sure kindergartners are really? asked all the time. Yes, you get, even, you get even the killing sticker. part? You get a sticker oh, cool. that I don't have here. Betsy. I have to go to Betsy. Betsy. Oh no. Where's my I sticker? won't like her when she's angry. You lied. <laughs> I did lie. Um, ratings time. So I hate the art. Heavens above. I hate the font. Hmm. I hate the title. Really? No. Yeah. No. I will not stand for that. That is a grand title, madam. I remember Sophie and angry. Yes. I don't Really, remember. really angry. What's, what is it? Sophie really, when really angry? When Sophie ang- gets angry. Really, when really Sophie- angry. Yeah, no, just give it. Oh, no, that's a good title. I disagree. It's a good one. And I don't think it should have gotten that honor medal. However, all that being said, I do like how she handles her anger, which is by herself without hurting others, which I think is very important. Oh, yeah. I also like the one-eyed bird. 
Um, it, could, <laughs> it could be a good teaching book, um, but I think, well, I, I, I hope that she learns to confront things in a healthy way as she gets older because you can't always, you can't train yourself to, well, if I'm angry with this, I'm going to run away. That's, I don't think. I think if it's the option that you have to you, it's a good thing to use. But I think part but, of it is just gonna, what you have at your disposal. But you're going to disagree with people. I don't and, think getting out of the room is a terrible idea, though. So in some cases, leaving the situation is sometimes a good thing. It depends on the situation. Right, but if you do that every single time. I don't think the book's even saying it's every single time. Maybe for her, but she's small. I don't know. I'm just I saying, just I like just it's... hope that she learns other ways oh, I'm sure she of yes. dealing with her anger. That's all yeah. I'm saying. No, no, I understand. So I gave it a 5.5. 5. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, this is one of my favorite books. Uh... It's one of those books that I just I just love, and then I kind of forget about, and then I read it, and that shot of her neck going back, and then just the demon erupting from her mouth, filling the space so that nothing else can be seen except the cry against the injustice of the situation. I love the art. I'm a huge fan. I thought it was very clever to use the different colors to sort of make this aura around everyone to kind of show how they're feeling. Uh, including the amoeba. Yep. Including the, the delicious amoeba. <laughs> um, and I just like the thickness of the paints. I like how tactile it looks. Tact- it looks like you could feel those paints if you felt the page. I feel like this is a really physical book. Um, not just the fact that she is physically like running away and screaming, and but it's just a book that you know. Uh, and I mean, I have a quote. I have a quote where she's talking about like other books that deal with characters that get angry. I don't know, man. There are so many crap books I read about kids getting angry and like how to deal with your feelings that do not touch on the legitimacy of their feelings. Just the simple fact that, look, you feel mad and this is just happens and it sucks. And this book kind of like acknowledges that it totally sucks to feel like this. Um, I'm, I, it's high. I'm doing an eight. Wow. I'm an eight on this book. Okay, I can't so help it. I love this book. Because our combined score is above a five, we're calling it a class. It's a classic. Huzzah. All right, we got a good letter, and thankfully we got this good letter today, right before we recorded, so I am going to read this good letter. This good letter comes from Karen at Betty Perot Elementary. Hello. Hello, Karen. She writes, I also want to share some thoughts on Miss Rumpheus. As an elementary teacher, this is a book we use in several different ways. One great thing about this book is that Miss Rumpheus goes through several, quote, name changes. We use these name changes as touch points in the story to stop and reflect on the character's feelings, traits, location, etc. It is a great book to look at how characters and people can change over time. I really enjoyed this book, but might be biased since I've lived in Texas for 20 years and the Blue Bonnet, a member of the Lupin family, is our state flower. They are very hardy plants, easy to grow, and simply throwing seeds out would definitely bring you lots of Blue Bonnets. They are also great for bees and other pollinators. The book is also great for teaching cause and effect. I am, however, looking at it with a new lens. I think I will select other books in its place. I am glad you pointed out some of the issues and sensitivities of the book. I haven't read it to this year's class, and I don't think I will, as there are many other options available now that are not so problematic. 
I really enjoy your podcast and look Aww. forward to Monday mornings now because I know Aww. that there will be a new episode. I'm tearing up a little as I'm writing this. Oh, that's awesome. P.S. Our school is named uh, Betty Perot Elementary, pronounced like Betty. Uh, we are named after the sister of Ross Perot. Okay. <laughs> that was the best way. If I could literally do a P.S. on all my emails that was something akin to that, you know I would. By the way, I work at this because of Ross Perot's sister. Boop, <laughs> Don't mess with Texas. I'm out. Yeah, don't mess with Texas. Thank you, Karen. That was awesome. Yeah, it's a great letter. It was a great letter. Grown up things we like. So I don't know if you've heard about this show called Bridgerton. (laughs) She said to the librarian who had five billion people coming into the library being like, Julia Quinn, Julia Quinn, Julia Quinn. How come you don't have every single obscure romance novel that was published in the 80s and nobody has ever read in the last 20 years? Anyway, so no, I'm not a, familiar. What uh, is this, Bridgerton? Okay, yeah, so there's this uh, this period drama on Netflix yeah. um, produced by Shonda Rhimes who did like Grey's Anatomy, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. means that you know it's got a diverse cast. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen anyone but white people in like Emma... Or Pride and Prejudice. What about the David Copperfield? That new David Copperfield that came out with uh, that that movie. You know, it had the it had the. I don't know who was in it. Oh, you're gonna make me look it up now. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, as you said, it's it's based on uh, Julia Quinn's novels about these you know debutantes in high society that are trying to find their marriage partners. Um, it came out on Christmas, and I've kind of been putting off watching it until now. And it's the most watched series on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, and I can see why. It's it's addicting. It's not for kids. Well, no. Absolutely not. There is <laughs> a, sex and nudity douche. and, yeah, and uh, violence. Um, and this month it was announced, uh, well, I should say in January 2021, it was announced that it's going to be renewed for a second season. Yes, I know. Which means I'll have to buy more of the Bridgerton books, which thankfully they are now repackaging and reselling. So I am capable of doing And it's so. got Julie Andrews, which hey. you never see, but you hear her and it's... Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's great. Oh, good for her. It's a fun show. Yeah. That sounds fun. Well, I should see it. And uh, by the way, I was talking about the personal history, history of David Copperfield, uh, which was the Dev Patel uh, movie that was it came out right at the beginning of when COVID hit so the poor thing just got completely buried but I do feel that this is kind of the predecessor to the Bridgerton hey why is, does everyone have to be white it's freaking not non-fiction dudes so excellent choice thank you all right mine is uh I'm just working my way through the movies of 2020 <laughs> because why not and I have just seen One Night in Miami on Amazon Prime uh, this is directed by Regina King, and it's based. I think it's based on a play um, that has been adapted into a film, which you can kind of tell. When a bunch of characters hang out in a hotel room for a long time, you kind of get a clue. Like, I think this was a play at one point. It is about the night uh, in February of 1964 when Cassius Clay beat Sonny Liston. And so uh, Sam Cooke, the singer, Malcolm X, Cassius Clay, and the football player uh, Jim Brown uh, are hanging out in a hotel room talking about the big issues of the day. Sam Cooke, I did not recognize the actor playing him. I did notice that his voice, like, I was like, I don't know if this guy's actually singing, but he's got, like, a Sam Cooke imitation that's amazing. It's Leslie Odom Jr. It's Aaron Burr, sir. Oh. And then once you know that, you're like, oh, and he's so good. 
Uh, it's the kind of film that makes you want to know more about what happened to these guys afterwards. I mean, I knew about what happened to Malcolm X. That's like the one thing you walk in knowing. And I knew what happened with, with, uh, you know, with Cassius Clay and everything, but, uh, I did not know what happened to Jim Brown. I didn't know he had like an entire movie career after this, which is fascinating. And then the Sam Cooke thing, that's a, that's a deep rabbit hole. If you start going down what happened to him, it's a great movie and I highly recommend it. All right. Yep. And oh, and I should say uh, that the guy playing Cassius Clay uh, is, uh, I think his name is uh, Eli Gorey. He is amazing. You would think he actually was Muhammad Ali. He's fantastic. Interesting. Hooray. So now that we are officially into February, you're going to be giving me all sorts of Valentine's Day books. You know, I did discover it's obscure, but one of my favorite Valentine picture books of all time is in my library, in the circulating collection. I may pull it for you. Hmm. It is very interesting. <laughs> Wait, when did Valentine's Day become Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, Kate. Okay. Until that happy uh, book appears, uh, I've been Betsy. Okay. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our champion of the world is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Burke.